Welcome to Tamimi Talks, an insightful podcast series on the latest legal news and developments across the Middle East and North Africa. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Omar Sharif, uh, working at Al Tamimi in the UAE, and I'm joined by my colleague and partner and head of corporate commercial in the Iraq office, Thomas Calvert. In this episode of Tamimi Talks, we're going to discuss insights about the federal Supreme Court decision to strike down Iraq's national oil company. What we're going to talk about today is the historical background to INOC and national oil companies in Iraq and about recent Supreme Court decision. So national oil companies generally are oil and gas sector corporations that are generally owned by national governments. So some national oil companies, and there's quite a lot in the Middle East, for example, Aramco, owned by the Saudi Arabian government. You've also got the Kuwait Petroleum Corporation, owned by the state of Kuwait. You've got the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, also known as ADNOC, owned by the United Arab Emirates government. And Iraq, as an oil and gas majority exporter, they previously also had a national oil company, although it's gone on quite a bit of a journey. Currently in Iraq, there's actually various um, oil and gas companies owned by the government in Iraq. So I think we should give some historical background here to INOC. Iraq actually had a national oil company and it was called INOC. It was established in about 1966. It was then, as time went on, eventually broken up by the government of the time. There's now one called North Oil Company in the city of Kirkuk. There's also the South Oil Company previously called Basra Oil Company, and various others. There was a law that came down in 2018 that revitalized INOC and to make it into what it was, to have one national oil company right at the top, just to oversee the oil and gas sector in Iraq and look at matters such as revenue distribution, contract structures, in conjunction with the Ministry of Oil. Tom. Do you mind giving us some updates on the new INOC? Because there has been recently some federal Supreme Court decision that changed a few things. Certainly, Omar, and many thanks for the introduction. So the federal Supreme Court of Iraq has ruled that paragraphs two and three of the Council of Ministers decision 109 of 2020 and the Council of Ministers decision 211 of 2021, which related to certain steps related to the Iraqi National Oil Company, INOC, are invalid under Iraq's constitution and effectively therefore re repealed. So that decision appears to put back recent attempts to develop INOC in Iraq. And this could have some potential, potentially insignificant implications for Iraq's oil and gas sector, including potentially the evolution of upstream commercial arrangements and petroleum contract structures in Iraq. National oil companies are oil and gas sector corporations majority owned by respective national governments. And while some NOCs, national oil companies, have, have issued shares publicly to raise capital and encourage competitiveness, such as Saudi Aramco, NOCs tend to be seen as symbols of national sovereignty and champions of state interests in the oil and gas sector. It's quite common for oil and gas rich nations to set up national oil companies to develop their national oil and gas resources. Some high-profile NOCs, Saudi Aramco, for example, majority owned by the Saudi Arabian government, Trade Petroleum Corporation, National Iranian Oil Company, Sonatrack, Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, 
and, and there are many others across the region. Now, market observers tend to estimate that the combined output of NOCs accounts for one quarter of global oil production, and potentially as much as half the world's oil and gas reserves. Now, in Iraq, there are various regional oil and gas companies. However, given the Republic of Iraq contains the world's fifth largest proven oil reserves, approximately 145 billion barrels of oil, it may therefore appear as somewhat of an outlier in that it does not have a national oil company leading its oil, oil and gas sector overall. How did we get here? I think to really understand this, we sort of need to look at some of the historical background to INOC to really appreciate the, the context of, of that decision. Omar, do you want to talk a little bit about sort of the, the history of, of INOC? Sure, thanks, Tom. So Iraq previously had a national oil company. It was established in about 1966, and it was just the head to dealing with the oil and gas sector in Iraq. It did, however, get broken up around 1972 into various regional state-owned companies. We had the North Oil Company in Kirkuk. We also had the South Oil Company in Basra. And we also had Midland, Nissan, the Khar Oil Companies, as well as the State Oil Marketing Company. Now, these all fell under the Iraq Ministry of Oil. So there's been recent, and I say recent in the last half decade, five years, to bring back INOC in Iraq and just to have it again right at the top without all the broken up oil companies in Iraq. So law number four of 2018 sought to do that. And it basically gave powers and administrative oversight in the Iraqi oil and gas sector and it covered and it, the idea was that it would cover things like revenue distribution, contract structures, etc. And it the idea was that it would lay down a framework for you know administrative and operational reforms in the Iraqi oil and gas sector. And as we know in the Middle East, five years is a very long time. So Tom, do you mind giving us some updates on recent federal Supreme Court rulings on with respect to INOC? Yeah, absolutely. So as, as you were saying, Omar, I mean, there was this, this effort to really promote uh, INOC as a, a more consolidated national company in Iraq. And yes, some of the existing regional companies would continue, but they would be re-affiliated to INOC. So in a sense, it would, it would potentially help, help consolidate that sector under INOC. Now, the Federal Supreme Court, however, ruled in 2019 that various articles of the INOC law, the law establishing INOC and setting out its powers, were unconstitutional. But it did not, just to be very clear, rule the entire legislation as invalid. Nevertheless, it did strike down various articles, including those relating to distribution of oil and gas sector revenues, certain rights of local government, and other important matters. Overall, this left the status and powers of the Iraqi National Company operationally and legally uncertain. The key articles that were struck down entirely include Article 3, which set out various general objectives of INOC, Article 8, which set out duties and powers of the board of, its board of directors, Articles 11 and 12, which transferred a significant degree of control over revenues the Ministry of Finance, Finance to INOC, so that was was struck down, and, and Article 16, which disapplied various existing laws and regulations in the Iraqi oil and gas sector. 
following this, the Council of Ministers, we understand, did propose some new legislation to bring the INAC law into line with this, this ruling, but this was not ratified by Parliament, so that process wasn't completed. Council of Ministers did, however, take certain steps to issue some direct decisions, including number 109 of 2020, set up really administrative steps to support the development of INOC, for instance, including the appointment of a, of a chairman for INOC. That the recent FSC ruling have as ruled those decisions invalid against the constitution. Now, from a constitutional perspective, it's important to note that the ruling, again, does not rule the indignant law itself formally totally invalid, but it does make rule invalid those CM decisions which sought to implement those administrative steps to bring INOC perhaps more fully into operation and practice. What is evident now, I think, is that to update the INOC law further in practice in terms of its operations administration, certainly the legal matter, it, this would require further legislation and therefore approval from the Council of Representatives, which is the Iraqi parliament. Now, at the time we're speaking, a new government in Iraq is forming. There is a new prime minister in Iraq. There's a new minister of oil. No new head of INOC has been appointed. And its position going forward is, is for the current time unclear. And there'll be many observers in Iraq interested, of course, to see what the new the ongoing policies of the new government are and for the Ministry of Oil in general. And also, of course, as regard to any further steps in relation to, to INOC. So for now, these are questions which remain unresolved. I think that sort of gives our sort of general summary overview of INOC. I mean, I think just as a, a summary of further steps in that regard for, for clients, we have a very strong oil and gas practice in Iraq. We work for many oil and gas companies um, across the sector in Iraq. Uh, we have a fantastic local team of really expert lawyers. And I think our, our sort of strength at El Tamimi in Iraq, but also across the region, is that we have a very strong presence and what really distinguishes us is our, our presence and on the ground and our local knowledge. And we have an incredibly diverse team, but with really real strengths in, in, in key sectors, including oil and gas and indeed many others. I think just to close off, I'll defer back to you, Omar. It's been a pleasure talking about this. And I know we could go on and on. And I think in the coming weeks and months, We'll probably talk a lot more about other oil and gas matters you know, across the region, but, but including Iraq as well. Thanks very much, Tom. I'm sure we've all learned quite a lot on the current state of affairs in Iraq. And I'm definitely looking forward to speaking to you again about oil and gas matters. Thank you all for tuning in. We hope you found our discussion insightful and interesting. I know I did. If there's any areas of conversation you'd like us to discuss or you want more information about anything discussed on this podcast, please feel free to get in touch with myself or with Tom Calvert. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Tamimi Talks. Stay updated with all the latest legal news and developments on our social media channels.